The following program is brought to you by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. My name is Eric and I'm here to say I love Creation in a major way. We produce this show just for you. The question is, what do you do? Do you share? Do you tweet? Come on, Christians, get on your feet. It's time to make a difference. The time is now. Just stay tuned and we'll show you how. Today we are learning about imagination. Yep. Thanks so much for tuning into this station. Whoa. We have an acronym that we like to use just to make sure we get the views. <laughs> it's about apologetics and our battleship, giving you the facts so your faith won't slip. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need. We prepare you to defend your faith. Arm your children and raise up a family that glorifies the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you battleship apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy, Battleship Apologetics. Today's guest is Holly Ordway, literary professor from Houston Baptist College. Eric explores the arts with Handel's Messiah. And can art convict the heart? Listen to these lyrics and consider what you feel. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind. But now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear hmm. the hour I first believed. You know, this timeless hymn by slave ship captain John Newton speaks about his experience of salvation. But the thing is, it not only speaks to Christian, it speaks to non-Christians as well. Non-Christians can relate. They know what it's like to feel fear. They know what it's like to feel wretched. The melody and the words resonate in our soul. So, can art convict the heart? If the art of lyrics and melody can be appreciated by all types of people from different walks of life, we're asking today, can art be used to convict the heart of even an atheist? The answer is yes. Today's guest is an ex-atheist who credits art as the avenue God used to soften her heart. This use of the arts, too, communicates truth, which is called imaginative apologetics. It is less analytical and more of a cultural apologetic that reaches people through their imagination and the emotions. You know, this method recognizes that imagination offers a, a different way of knowing and expressing truth. It attempts to communicate Christian ideas and concepts through the arts, like painting or music, theater, film, sculptures, dance, architecture, and literature. Just as Christ can use science and reason to challenge people with his existence and truth, he can also use art to reach our imaginations. You know, imagination really is vital to life. As children, our imaginations begin instantly. We create imaginary friends. We imagine animals can talk. As a boy, man, I could imagine being the cop or the robber. <laughs> and girls can imagine cooking a pie. 
right out of the sandbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sand becomes a, a pie filling and leaves become a salad. I've eaten some of those salads before. <laughs> you know, when we get a little bit older, our imagination is vital in helping us imagine solutions to problems. It helps us empathize with others as well. I mean, if someone has experienced pain, we can imagine how they feel. It's the same with art. Our imagination interacts with the art and we access ideas and metaphors to reach a deeper meaning, a deeper or better understanding. Have you been moved by a piece of music or a film or even a cathedral? Or maybe it was even a story that moves you. I think of the story of Pilgrim's Progress. It's an allegory of a man named Christian who lives in the city of destruction. The city stands as a symbol of the entire world as it is. With all of its sin, all of its corruption, all of its sorrow, no one living there can have any hope of salvation. So convinced that the city is about to be blasted by the wrath of God, Christian ends up fleeing and sets out alone on a pilgrimage which he hopes will lead him to Mount Zion, the celestial city, where he can enjoy eternal life in the happy company of God and all the heavenly hosts. But before he gets there, he has to go through the slew of despond, <laughs> the village of morality, the wicked gate, the cross, the difficult hill, and the valley of humiliation. This allegory paints a vivid earthly image of the spiritual walk each Christian must endure. Art can affect each of us differently. It speaks the truth about life, and it can speak yeah. to each of us as individuals according to who we are and what experiences we have shared in our lives. Yeah, the power of art is significant because it's something that the Holy Spirit has used in many people's lives to draw them to himself. Mm -hmm. And this is what happened with Peter Hitchens, the brother of the late Christopher Hitchens, who is an atheist. He too was a staunch atheist like his brother. However, while he was visiting a museum in Burgundy, France, he was struck with fear when he looked at this 15th century Flemish painting of the Last Judgment. Listen to this quote from Peter after viewing that painting. I had scoffed at its mention in the guidebook, but now I gaped my mouth actually hanging open at the naked figures fleeing toward the pit of hell. These people did not appear remote or from the ancient past. They were my own generation because they were naked and they were not imprisoned in their own age by time-bound fashions. On the contrary, their hair, the set of their faces were entirely in the style of my own time. They were me and the people I knew. I had a sudden, strong sense of religion being a thing of the present day, not imprisoned under thick layers of time. My large catalog of misdeeds replayed themselves rapidly in my mind. I had absolutely no doubt that I was among the damned, if there were any damned. Van der Weyden was still earning his fee nearly 500 years after his own death. Wow, that is incredible. And C.S. Lewis was an atheist who was impacted by the arts, too. It was a Christian fantasy novel that actually began his journey to Christ. He said later, A young man who wishes to remain a sound atheist cannot be too careful of, of his reading. You know, Lewis became a leading figure in the area of imaginative apologetics. Today, who hasn't heard the story, The Chronicles of Narnia? He draws the story of humanity and the Creator Jesus Christ through imagery 
that can speak to us in ways realism can't. Mm -mm. Yeah, the ideas of redemption, sacrifice, humility, sin are metaphorically and allegorically drawn into the story, these story elements. Not only does this create a good story, but it speaks truths that resonate deep into our imaginations. You know, when we can have this imaginative connection with these truths, they can work in us in unexpected ways. Well, our guest today, Holly Ordway, also shared a similar experience. Now she is one of the leading experts teaching about the power of imagine, imaginative apologetics. It's hard to say. Yeah. Right after that, we've got a powerful piece from Emile Wayne that will literally grip your heart. Stay tuned. Beginnings is a creation experience for small groups, churches, and individuals from all walks of life. Creation speaker Eric Hoven explores the age-old questions of life the evidence for a young earth, and how dinosaurs fit in with the Bible. The included guide provides an introduction to each lesson, creative challenges, great discussion questions, and practical ways to apply each lesson to everyday life. To order this DVD, go to www.creationstore.org. There's been an incredible con that's occurred in the culture. Evolution in millions of years is the greatest myth ever forced on the minds of men. Big Bang, evolution, millions of years. People just believe it blindly. How can you not believe that somebody designed all of this? We know he exists because of creation. just faith, we have science. It's really on our side. Can Christians believe the Bible from the very first word? This new study, The Six Days of Genesis by creation speaker Paul Taylor, will help Christians understand exactly what happened during the creation week and why it is foundationally important to believe it. You will enjoy every minute of Paul's unique presentation style, combining scientific facts, solid biblical teaching, and a little British humor. For more information, visit us at www.creationtoday.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Welcome back to the Creation Today show, and we are going to interview an expert on imaginative apologetics, Holly Ordway. Welcome, Holly. Thanks for coming. Hello. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Now, Holly, I gotta be honest, as somebody who loves science and loves math, when it comes to the literature and the arts, I don't mean to say I don't have any appreciation, because I do appreciate, but <laughs> doggone it, I had to read a lot of stuff I didn't like in high school, and it was hard for me to appreciate this area of apologetics that you bring out. Can you tell us, give us kind of an overview of imaginative apologetics? First of all, I'd, I'd say that we want to broaden out what we mean by, you know, literature and the arts. Um, so, for instance, do you do you ever watch television? Do you have a favorite TV show? That's a good point. Do you watch films? You got me. Do you listen to music? I do. They, mm -hmm. So all of those things are, um, you know, literature and the arts, stories, poetry. Songs are just poetry set to music. Mm -hmm. So That's we true. have to really take this down to 
the ordinary level, we actually are surrounded by stories, we're surrounded by music and art. The only question is, do we understand what's going on when we experience these stories? Wow. It's a natural human impulse to respond to stories. And in fact, I always like to point to our Lord himself as the first imaginative apologist when you look at his use of parables. Wow. So, for instance, he tells the parable of the prodigal son, which he just tells a story about a guy who blows off his dad, takes the money and runs, goes you know downward cycle. You can imagine going to Las Vegas and blowing all his money in the slot machines. He ends up down and out. He has a moment of crisis. And you, you get this picture of him kind of limping home in a sorry state, thinking, okay, this is going to be miserable, but I'm really sorry. And here comes dad running out to embrace him um, and this, this joy. Now, if you were to try to explain to somebody, whether they're a skeptic or you know, a, a you know, young person in the church, what does it mean that God loves you? What does it mean that if you repent from your sins, he will embrace you and return you to the, to the fold? Well, all of those words like repent, sin, God, even love for today's broken families, mm -hmm. those words are abstract. That's true. They're just, they're just churchy words mm -hmm. until we give them meaning. So you can say to somebody, God loves you, and that doesn't really mean much of anything. You tell them the story of the prodigal son, and they can get it. They can see. They can see themselves in the position of the prodigal son. They can put some meaning to the idea of God's fatherly love. And so now, that person who has heard the parable, and that person who's heard the parable is now able to think about the concepts and talk about them with meaning. Now, notice that I made a little kind of connection there. I gave the example of the prodigal son going to Vegas, right? <laughs> Obviously, that's an updated version of the mm -hmm. actual parable in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. But this is a lot of what imaginative apologetics does, takes these concepts and gives them flesh in new ways mm -hmm. um, so that we can show people show people what these words mean. It really, really, I was gonna say, it really takes it from the mind to the heart, uh, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because so often in apologetics, we just talk past people. We use these words and they just don't mean what we think they mean. Often they don't mean anything. You can talk about the resurrection till the cows come home with somebody and provide the best evidence for its historicity but as long as they think of it as some abstract thing, like a thought experiment, rather than the real historical events, life, you know, coming from, you know, the, our Lord alive, coming from the tomb, this, it's just a waste of time, wow. most of the time. We need wow. to create meaning, and that's what imaginative apologetics really does. It uses the imagination as a different way of engaging with the same truth, so you get it both here and in your whole in your whole self. So it's a great tool for speaking to unbelievers then. We were talking about Peter Hitchens' conversion and C.S. Lewis's and how God, the Holy Spirit used art and literature to, to penetrate their hearts. And you have a similar story to that too. Could you share with us how God used 
the arts, the imaginative area of apologetics to bring you to him? Because you were an atheist. I was. Um, I actually became a Christian as an adult at the age of 31. Um, and up until then, I was a, a firm atheist. I, I genuinely believed that there was no God um, and was firm in my atheism. Um, but it's, it's a long story, and I do, um, I, I do tell it at greater length in my memoir, Not God's Type. Um, but one important aspect of it is the answer to the question, how did I get to the point as an atheist where I was willing to look at the evidence? Because when I actually did look at the evidence for the resurrection, for the existence of God, I was convinced the evidence is very good, so philosophical, historical um, arguments really helped me. But the question is, how did I get to the point that I was willing to listen? Because when I was in my 20s, yeah, whatever, I wasn't going to listen to that, that nonsense. But ever since I was a little girl, I had always loved um, fantasy stories. Mm -hmm. I'd loved C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. Had no idea that they were about Christ. Not wow. a clue. But I loved them. And above all, I loved um, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And that book meant so much to me that in fact, when I um, finished my first master's degree, went and did my PhD, I actually centered my doctoral dissertation on The Lord of the Rings, which is a really weird thing for an atheist to do because Tolkien himself said that the, um, the whole book is deeply Christian. Mm -hmm. But I was drawn to it because it was so beautiful. It showed me a glimpse of a world that was meaningful, that had beauty, but also had sorrow. None of this like happy, happy, just smile and Jesus makes everything okay business. Mm -hmm. Tolkien understood okay. that there's both beauty and pain in the world. And I was just so enchanted by it. And, and Tolkien in his academic writings, he has a great essay called On Fairy Stories where he actually connects the reason that we respond so much to the happy ending, he says, is that it's actually an echo of the greatest happy ending of all, which is the resurrection. Wow. The fairy tale that actually happened. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have got to go into that in more detail, Holly. This is fascinating. Unfortunately, we're out of time right now. <laughs> do, you, do you have time to stick around and talk to us a little bit more. And I'd love to do an extended interview that we can put up on our website, creationtoday.org, just to let people, this, I appreciate this because I face this all the time, talking with atheists and skeptics, and I can give all the facts and figures and it doesn't matter. And I keep asking myself, God, I want you to use my voice to speak to the heart, not just to the intellect. Mm -hmm. And so what, this is fascinating for me, I love this. So can you stick around? Absolutely. Yes. All right. All right. Well, we, we, we have to take a break right now. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue the show, Imaginative Apologetics. You can go look for the extended interview at creationtoday.org. Today's Creation Network highlight is Mount Blanco Fossil Museum of Crosbyton, Texas. The Mount Blanco Fossil Museum is a museum that is all about digging up the facts of God's creation, one fossil at a time. The warehouse-sized museum contains a mixture of fossilized skeletons and cast replicas. The replicas include a juvenile triceratops, a full-size mastodon skeleton, the largest hadrosaur leg ever found, and the world's largest ice-age bison skull. 
You can also join their excavation team on digs and investigate fossil evidence according to a creationist view. Visit them online at mountblanco.com. Check out creationnetwork.org to discover more of the creation museums and outdoor creation field trips available to you. Was it eons of time that shaped the Earth's most dramatic rock features? Or could the Earth's surface be explained by the global flood catastrophe described of in the Bible? Mainstream science denies that alternative. Has science made it impossible for us to believe the Bible? No, there's good reason to doubt the millions of years theory that dominates geology. Today we're going to explore some evidence from a catastrophic flood that ripped through our own backyard at the end of the Ice Age. It's called the Lake Missoula Flood. The Creation Explorers will journey into this flood's path. They will explore the features carved by the Missoula Flood and see how these same features can be seen across the Earth. This evidence for catastrophic flood erosion shows us just how possible the Bible's global flood catastrophe can be. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Welcome back. This topic of imaginative apologetics really opens up a whole new avenue of communicating the truth to as many souls as we can. This can be the beginnings of a new renaissance. Oh, I like that. The arts have taken a postmodern turn in the last century. Most art today seems to be from a modern dark age. <laughs> Christians haven't known really how to respond or how to save the arts. Now, there are Christian films that are starting to compete with Hollywood's talents, but we still have to go a long way. But it's time that we can reclaim the arts. If we're grounded in selfless dedication to Christ and to truth, we can study what true art is and how it can be used to speak truth to the soul and the heart of humanity in a deeper, more profound way. You know, Christianity has made many great contributions to the sciences, education, medicine, humanitarian causes, and so much more. Wouldn't it be great to be the leaders in the revival of great art as well, for the glory of God? Yes. Eric, you and your team have been working on the Genesis 3D. It's a masterpiece of design. Oh, man, it's amazing. The Genesis 3D movie is about the creation week. It's going to visualize for the viewer the grandeur of the creation of the world. We just don't think big enough no. oftentimes, you know? Mm -hmm. But film can bring to our imaginations all the possibilities. Just as C.S. Lewis's imagination was inspired by a Christian fantasy story, we hope that when skeptics watch our film, their imagination can help them see the truth of the Creator and be more open to the idea of His creation. Mm -hmm. The evolutionary establishment knows the power of imagination. Yeah. Drawing after drawing, museum display after museum display, all use the art to show how it is imaginatively possible to see evolution in our past history. But we need to take this tool back and speak the truth through the arts. And that's my burden with the Genesis 3D movie. But it's a huge project, and by the way, we would love for you to be involved with it. Honestly, if making a movie isn't your forte, use what God has given you. My friend Emil Wayne from Living Waters has an amazing ability to communicate through the spoken word. Listen to what he's written and feel it grip your heart.
I have a valiant hero who one day rescued me. He found me bound in bondage and chose to set me free. Although he knew the greatness of the price he'd have to pay, without a hesitation he gave his life away. I could not understand it, and still I do not know why he treated me as friend when I had treated him as foe. If only you would meet him, you'd see that he is true, and he'd become your hero and gladly rescue you. Come now, adore his beauty, observe his pleasant ways, sit silently and listen, and fix a steady gaze. Hear him speak his gentle words that calm the raging heart. See him mend and heal the lives that once were torn apart. Hear his sayings of wisdom, see his brilliant joys, observe the great and violent hate his holy love destroys. Come and see humility that cannot be compared, selfless generosity that gave and never spared. See compassion when he wept and passion when he prayed. See the spotless righteousness he constantly displayed. He truly is a hero, and I'm glad that he is mine. Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords divine. I long to be just like him, for surely he is great, to follow in his every step and seek to imitate. That was excellent. It's amazing, isn't it? It was incredible. Oh, such talent. He is very talented. Well, throughout history, great artists have shown us what truth is through their works. Like Beethoven or Shakespeare, even though they weren't writing Christian works, they were communicating truth. And because of this, their works are timeless and they can relate to all of humanity. We can learn from this. Absolutely. You know, today's art takes on kind of a different form but it should still draw from the well of truth. I saw a video the other day of a, um, of a flash mob at a food court at a mall that brought the art to the public. They sing a, a piece of music that speaks about God, but is musically so wonderful, it also speaks to our emotions. It actually, it actually gets like deeper than surface level and uh, speaks to everyone. Check it out. I'll do a flash mob one day. Would that oh, be incredible man. or what? Wow, so cool. Arms. Hey, we hope that this episode has encouraged you. Most of us can be creative, some more than others, mm -hmm. but now we know art can be used by the Holy Spirit to draw souls to himself. Mm -hmm. So let's work on refining those skills <laughs> for God's glory. Amen to that. Hey, if you've got ideas that you want to give us on how we can make this show more creative, 
please don't hesitate to let us know. Yeah. You can send in your comments to comments at creationtoday.org. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Absolutely. So, and then if you have any questions, you can send them to questions at creationtoday.org. We'll look we'll forward to seeing you next time, yeah, guys. We'll see you next time. Get the ammunition you need to defend your faith by visiting our website for up-to-date content, attending one of our live events, and shopping online at creationstore.org. We are Creation Today. Thank you.